Welcome to the Get It Done Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Ryan. I help people get it done in the sense of achieving their dreams of home ownership. Getting it done can mean so many things. It can come in all shapes and sizes. This podcast is about that central theme, getting it done, whatever that may be. In the future, we're going to have guests talk about their own personal experiences in getting it done, how they overcame adversity to achieve their dreams. Once again, I'm Jimmy Ryan, and I'll be your host, and this is our story. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Get It Done podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Ryan, and today... We uh, welcome an exciting young leader to the show. Uh, I know him as a thought leader in the industry, but he's also a close friend of mine and many others. I'm excited today to welcome Mike Kardasha to the show. Mike, welcome to the Get It Done podcast. Uh, Jimmy, it's such an honor to be here, man. I've been keeping up with you and watching the content. It is just so valuable. Man, it gets me fired up. And uh, man, it's just awesome to hang out with you and be your friend and to sit here and provide more value. So the honor's all mine. Thanks for having me here, Jimmy. Hey, man, for sure. And look, we're going to get right into it. So, uh, you know, I'm excited to talk to you today because, you know, a lot of people would consider uh, well, really us as, you know, young, the new school uh, thought leaders as it, as it pertains to the mortgage industry. And uh, as I know you, uh, it, it, you know, it always isn't, it does, isn't always the most flashy or exciting things uh, in the mm. words new school you know, might always, you know, seem to like to align with uh, the industry that we work in. That being said, Mike, I want to start this out with, uh, you know, how do you make this industry fun? How do you make it cool? And how do you, you know, spread excitement that you have about it to others? Yeah, that's a great question. What a good way to start this, man. So how to make this fun and exciting, right? For the most part, how to make this successful, fun and exciting? I would say and cool. I think cool. cool is a thing that is not is like anti-mortgage it's like everybody's 60 and like (laughs) but it's their life i meant but but seriously though you know how do we make this cool and fun right right you know what carl says it all the time the mortgages isn't always like the the sexiest thing right so you're right you're you're 100 how do we make this fun exciting and cool and i think the best concept here for people to understand is what we call peanut butter and chocolate how we advertise how we market jimmy is like peanut butter and chocolate offline and online marketing to me it's really cool this way we see too many cats that are doing it one way or the other like the old school the belly to belly the face-to-face meeting the phone call the follow-up all these things work jimmy all these things work amazingly well effectively right now today they work for 30 40 years and they'll continue to work for the next 30 40 years but then you got cats that are generating leads they're creating content starting podcasts like this man this is awesome what you're putting together here. There's people doing video marketing, uh, social media, digital marketing. Well, what we found in our own mortgage company and in our coaching company with our clients is that we get a better result when we combine the two, offline and online marketing. So for example, right, the peanut butter and chocolate, uh, one of the most effective ways, no argument in our business, is to build referral partners, right? Great relationships with awesome industry professionals. Let's use real estate agents, for example right? Like this is how we get most of our business. And fair to say you work with a lot of awesome agents, Jimmy. I mean, absolutely. I I work with some of the best and, you know, it's, it's funny. We become friends with these people and uh, you know, these are some of my, my, my most best friends. Absolutely. 
Dude, I love I love it. And that's the way it should be, right? That's what makes this fun and cool and exciting is that we get to work with people that we enjoy, people we want to be friends with. In fact, we don't with the ones we don't. We fire clients. We fire fr- uh, agents. We fire people we don't want to work with because it's kind of like taking out the bad apple. You're cutting out the cancer. You get to enjoy this, be happier, more fulfilled, work on the next 10 people. But when it comes to agents, no argument. One way that is very effective, as long as you're doing it the right way, is I could call an agent. I could meet them for a cup of joe, a sandwich, a Zoom, a FaceTime, develop a relationship and earn their business. That, that's one way. It's a little old school, right? Calling somebody, going on a meeting, developing a relationship, getting business. Let's say that's the, the peanut butter. The chocolate here is I could run an ad. I can run Jimmy's podcast. You know, I could run value-based content. I could run a review, a testimony, a success story, a value-based video advice to real estate agents that they see all the time. This is the chocolate. So now when I call them, they go, Mike, I've seen you all over the place. Or Mike, your reviews are all over town. Or Mike, that was an awesome video. Or how do you make all of that? It's peanut butter and chocolate, Jimmy. I didn't hope that they clicked on the video link and set up a meeting with me and got the low-hanging fruit. At the same time, I didn't just pick up the phone and call them at the blue. In fact, I can't even make a cold. Can Oprah Winfrey make a cold call? I don't think so, right? So this is why we market ourselves online to brand ourselves. Because when now, Jimmy, when you reach out to an agent, they go, Jimmy, you're the guy from the Get It Done podcast. Dude, I love that show. Brother, this is the best way to describe it. When I call a realtor, they answer. That's the best way I can say it. And then because here's the thing, they know I'm not saying, hey, do you want to, you know, I got some rates and programs and some fees and some costs and some this and then that. And, and uh, yep. can get some coffee. Yep. We're having, I go straight to real and, you know, and that's just one of the biggest things that I think that people miss is that we forget that, you know, people work with people. It's not about like, like people are going to work with me because they like me or or they, they know me, like me, trust me. And this is actually a great quote from Barry Habib is that not everybody's your customer, you know? And, And this is the thing we a lot of times chase every single realtor. We don't actually identify and create a situation where they're attracted to us. And, uh, and I love the peanut butter and chocolate. Um, speak more to that. I just, I, I love yeah. the analogy in my head. I'm yeah. just, I'm, I'm envisioning like eating some peanut butter and chocolate. Yeah. That it's, tastes real good. It's better together, right? Like a Reese's right. peanut butter cup. So let me explain, right? Offline and online marketing together. I gave you one example with a real estate agent where we run ads to agents, but we also call them peanut butter and chocolate offline online let's use a different example our past client database my my buddy rick shout out to rick in rhode island he made over a quarter million in the last year or so running ads to his past client database with a headshot that he says sucks it says i've been here for 35 years i'll be here for another 35 uh love your referrals love to help your friends and family use my link below he ran that ad to his past client database at the same time jimmy as also calling them hey it's rick how you doing how's life what's going on rates are super low do you know anybody i can help out he made over a trackable quarter million in commissions coming from his database not just from the ad not just from the call from the Reese's peanut butter cup that had developed from the offline and online marketing. Same thing with emails, text message, mailers. We use multiple forms of communication to touch the same prospect, lead, agent, referral source, past client. So we're always top of mind in a number of different ways. Leads to a better conversion ratio. Does that make sense? Yeah, hundred percent. And to speak more to that, uh, a lot of times uh, me, myself, uh, and I know a lot of people struggle with this. A lot of times we, we feel like we're doing too much. Like being ubiqu- ubiquitous, uh, to use the mm-hmm. word, big word, is uh, <laughs> it, well, it, it just it's, it's a big word for being, saying I'm everywhere. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes, you know, I'm I'm about to make a post, and I'm like, hmm, should I post this? 
I posted way too much today. And I guess if you were to speak to that, do you think that there's any downfall to being everywhere or being too much? You asked me this once. I love the question, man. It's a very valid and real question. So I, I had posted a video once and Jimmy commented on it and said, Mike, how do you know when you're overdoing it? How do you how do you consistently put out awesome, valuable content? How do you know if it's too much? In our experience, Jimmy, as long as you're providing value like you do, right? How could you put out too much? The people I follow, I'm never like, oh, man, I can't believe Greg put out another video to help me. You know, you can't really <laughs> overdo it. It's when you're too salesy, when you post too much. Sometimes, you know, see people get a little bit too personal, right, um, like all the time, right? I think yeah. it's good to have a little bit of both. In fact, let's let's talk about social media really quick. And yeah. um, let's go there. That's a place I want to go. Absolutely. Good, good, because this, this this will help with that with that same question. Because no, I don't think you can overdo it. I think like you follow the greatest you know influencers like Gary Vaynerchuk, right? He's saying post it multiple times a day on on multiple sources, but providing value. Like his book, jab 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 right hook. Value value value. Now I'm going to ask for something. Value value value. Now I ask. Right. So what I've been seeing, right? I think you might find this interesting. The best way for lenders and real estate agents that I've seen over the last year or so to utilize organic branding on social media, Facebook, Instagram, et cetera, LinkedIn. The best way is to create two forms of content. And I think we should be doing just as much of both, not leaning more towards one or the other. There's two really effective ones that you do a great job of, Jimmy, All right, if you know this or not. One is expert-based content. Expert-based content obviously is a, like a two-minute clip or less of me giving valuable advice to help somebody. If I'm a lender, real estate agent, I'm talking about um, loan programs, products, the benefits of refinancing, real estate investing tips, credit taxes, something that will be very valuable to the real estate agent or end consumer that positions me as an expert. Very important. We should be branding ourselves. It reminds people of what we do. I'm going to be bluntly honest with you, Jimmy, especially in the mortgage space. It's not sexy, man. People it's don't not. really care. It's dry. Nobody cares about how 30-year fixed rate loans are working unless they're in that position. Nobody's going to watch that, I guess. No, no. Same with taxes, financial insurance, financial planning, how real estate works, how a 1031 exchange works. Nobody cares. I'm not going to sit there and watch that. And by the way, there's another quick thing. I, if you did want to know about that, are you going to listen to my podcast about it or are you going to Google it? You, right. you know what I mean? How, what's the pathway that they're going to find this information? It's not by listening to your podcast. No, 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 no. And that's why emails that we send, emails the worst conversion, right? We still do it because it's free and it works, but um, we don't send boring mortgage information for that same reason. You know, right. we, send, we send a video of ourselves talking about fun things happening in the area because that's what's sexy. That's what people care about. That's what they want to see. Now, I still think it's important to have expert-based content, very short, very sweet, because it just positions you and reminds people that you're an expert. Now, the other type of content I'm about to share gets more love, more attention, more engagement. I've seen more business coming from. In case, I know you know this, Jimmy, but in case your listeners don't know, the way the Facebook algorithm works, it doesn't show you posts in chronological order of when that person posted it to the latest post like it did 10 years ago. Those days are gone. Right. It's artificial intelligence. AI is built into Facebook that shows you what it thinks you want to see. So for example, you're going to get way less views on your refinancing post as you do with the puppy or the baby because people want to see the puppy and the baby. Now, ironically, posting the puppy or the baby increases your whole algorithm so that more people see your refinancing video as well. It's kind of like it raises the tide on both ends. And that leads to the other type of content. 
which is what Carl calls, right? Carl White, I work here with Carl White and the Mortgage Marketing Animals. And Carl has just been a master at marketing in our space and has tried so many trial and tribulation and too many experiments for me to share, Jimmy. And what we found works best for us is I'm a real human to content where you show them and you can get as personal or private as you want or not, right? But there's no doubt about it. The people that share a little glimpse because they don't care about mortgages, they care about Mike Cardacia. They care about Jimmy Ryan, right? Right. They, they absolutely do. And I, I really love this because a lot of times those are the posts that you are nervous about posting actually. And like, for instance, I just bought a minivan and yeah, so- I, I swear to you, that is my most engaged with post I think I've ever had. Like, it's just like, I mean, it's, it, it's insane. I bought a minivan. This is great. I'm a, I'm now a minivan dad and it's picture me and my son smiling our faces off. It gets more engagement than the fire content I'm dropping with Barry Habib or you, you know what? It's just like, it, it's, it's absolutely insane, but you're right. It's the pillars of content people. That's how I'm, I'm to use your words. I'm a real human. And I see that you on the beach, you with your awesome family, you doing fun things. I love it, man. That's what people connect to. Um, no doubt about, no, no doubt. They want to relate with the real you and that's what gets them excited. I'll share with you a quick story, man. Cause this happens to me all the time. All right. Let me give you guys a quick, like nugget to run with. All right. So an actionable, like just, just a little thing. Right. I spoke with a guy, Russ, not too long ago. Awesome dude. We hit it off. Great conversation. Just like me and you, Jimmy follow up with him seven, eight times. No, no answer. Right. I know this happens to you. Right, Jimmy. It's got to happen to you, man. Right. It happens to every salesman. It happens to every entrepreneur. It's part of the game. You have an awesome conversation and you don't hear back from Jane or Jim. Right. The other day I make a post. I don't know if you saw it was me in this crazy shirt with bananas all over it. I right? loved it. I actually that, did. Right? I hearted it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I do. I do. You'd like it. So it's me and my banana shirt. Right. And everybody loved it. It got a ton of engagement. And Russ, who who, who comment, comments on it? But Russ, he goes, Mike, I'm opening up a new branch. I want to go bananas over talking strategies. Let's talk soon. The next day, we're on the phone, close the sale. All right. I mean, we're talking like a guy who wouldn't answer five, six, seven, eight phone calls from me. And it happens all the time. I'll respond on a beach picture, on a picture of somebody's dinner. They'll respond on my dinner and be like, Mike, I haven't been ducking you. Let's talk next week. It's that I'm a real human too, because they can connect. They can relate. It's not about the business. It's not about sales. I believe wholeheartedly combining the two. And I'll give you like some creative ideas here for your guys to run with in a second. But does that make sense? Like, like the expert base and and the the personal content, it, it absolutely does. And um, and I want to I want to move to a different topic, but I th- this is something where I like I think a lot of people do a hundred percent one or the other, and okay. and and that is missing the boat. And like for me, if you if you're friends with me and you follow me, you know I like Star Wars. You know I'm a dad. You know I'm a loving husband, and I walk the beach. You know, and like that's and and those are just I, I would say if you were to just put that in in the air, like uneventful, not that cool, but. It's how people will actually relate to you, and um, and, and I'm a real human. Um, it, any final thoughts on, on on that on that topic? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just real quick, because I know there's a lot to touch on here, but this for a lot of people, this is. <sighs> Uh, very difficult to come up with new ideas. So I'll share with you one quick idea that other people created their own off of. My mom once made a video and, and got business. She got referrals from a video she made, looking a mess in her apron, in the kitchen, flour all over the place like she normally is. Going, hey guys, it's Joni DeMarco from XYZ Mortgage Company. 
uh, making my mom's Sicilian cheesecake. This is what it looks like when it's done. I'm going to post that recipe in the caption below. Let me know when you try it out, but, but you'll probably be shocked because I'm not a baker. I'm a banker. If you want to go over the special recipe and all the ingredients you need to get in the home of your dreams, my gosh, I'd be honored to go over it with you. And we all know just one ingredient can mess up the cake, right? So why don't you give me a call? Use my link below. My mom got like three or four referrals from that video of her making a Sicilian cheesecake, posting up the recipe and saying, hey, guys, I love to do loans. Hit me up. See, that's an, that's an example of what I'm talking about. Brother, it happens to me all the time. I Just by liking somebody's post or by yeah. like commenting on it, all of a sudden they're calling me and asking for a refinance or, hey, I'm thinking about selling my house. You know, do you know, do you, do you, do you know the realtor that you could introduce me mm-hmm. to? And uh, I think the best, the best actually do it that way. And yes. um, to, so you mentioned Carl White. And uh, for those who don't know, uh, uh, Carl White has the number one mortgage podcast for loan officers in the world. Uh, it's called the Loan Officer Freedom Club for Mortgage, mortgage Marketing Animals. And Mike is a regular guest uh, on the show. And tell me about your relationship with Carl White. Uh, how'd you meet? And uh, what are some of the reasons that you sought him out as a mentor? Oh, man, great question. Uh, Carl is just a been instrumental in my life. I mean, just absolutely life-changing. I mean, for many people that know Carl and have worked with him, you know, um, but I can honestly say, man, this phenomenal friend and just awesome mentor of mine. So uh, very blessed. I met Carl about three years ago. I've been in marketing for years. I come from a a background of real estate agents and lenders. I love this space. Um, I was working with a lot of real estate investors when Carl and I had had a conversation. And um, craziest thing, man, this is a great lesson because before I met Carl, right, and considered working with him, hadn't met him in person yet, but he made me do a disc assessment. Have you ever heard of that, Jimmy, a disc assessment? 100%. 100%. I'm, a, if, 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 I'm curious to see what you are. I'm a 99D99I. That probably doesn't surprise a lot of people. Yeah, that's I very similar. Yeah, I'm pretty close to 99. Both those very low S, very low C. All right, yep. That's my profile. It's Carl's too. So um, I, was, I was fortunate enough to have a conversation with Carl where he was uh, intrigued to meet me. And when I met him, I'll never forget this, the day I die. Hanging out with Carl, and he's got my disc assessment printed out. And I thought it was some BS, dude. I thought it was just a test I had to take to maybe meet the guy, show that I was interested, right? Go through a hoop. Let me take a personality test. First thing he says to me is, oh, man, this is going to be a fun chat, man. You make like snap decisions, man. Snap decisions. I saw that Jeep outside. Uh, did you test drive anything else? Or you, you hopped in that thing. You probably bought it, man. I'm, I'm going to put like some money down that you just bought it. I said, yeah, I did. He goes, man, your organization is like on the floor. Don't worry, brother. Mine's a little bit lower. All right. I get it. But I bet you got trash and water bottles all over that thing, huh? And I was like, Yeah. And then he goes, man, when I see this, it's okay. You could tell me a lot of times people think like think a lot. They toss and turn. They go to the doctor. They got sleeping problems. It's something I've, I've experienced myself. Do you, do you have that too? I go, dude, who are you, man? Where, where did you come from? And he goes, oh, I'm Carl White, man. I think I can help you with these things. And um, since then, I, I'm just so blessed. So Carl himself runs about 30 offices across the nation, uh, does upwards of 800 units a month, uh, runs a phenomenal team that's growing like a beast. I have the pleasure of, of working with. Carl took me under his wing as a marketing mentor, taught me all of his strategies. So I had this kind of, as many would say, an uncanny ability to teach others and educate and motivate them to, to implement these strategies that have helped my family and my mom just hit the ground running in this business. And um, together, what we do is we'll, we'll help our team of 80 loan officers over here at the Mortgage Marketing Animals. We coach close to a thousand lenders, whether they're brokers, bankers, originators, company owners, some of the people top of the Scotsman guide. And, and it's got to be number just, a, you guys got to be one of the number one coaching programs in, in the country. Is that, is that accurate? It's very accurate. If, yeah, we've got to be number one, man. We've close to a thousand people. We've, uh, we've been doing this for 10 years, Jimmy. Um, we're just blessed to be in the position that we're in. It puts me in a cool place because not only do I get to analyze 
what's truly working behind the curtain for Carl White's own team and loan officers, which we've got six or seven making like a six figure commission check every month. I mean, there's some heavy hitters right. on this team. I get to see what they're doing, but I also get to, to talk with people in our coaching program, people interested in the program, brokers, bankers, people doing a hundred units a month, some a hundred a year, some getting started. I get the almost like Jimmy, my, my job's almost like I'm a, like, I get to be like the, like a ninja on, on both sides. Cause I get to teach people what's working for Carl. I get to tell Carl what's working for other people. And that's what I'd love to share with you on this podcast and pick your brain into seeing how we can use this data to help your viewers too. Well, brother, like you, you really do. It, it's kind of nuts that you've only been working with Carl for three years. Cause it, the, the tr- and, and that actually, that, that's a great point because, you know, a lot of times people are like, well, I've only been doing this for three years, or I've only been doing this for six months, or I've only been whatever the, the, the number is. It doesn't matter. What value do you bring? What can you provide? And, and brother, you, you, you bring it. And for those that don't know, like there's a lot of people in the two comma club, you know, mm-hmm. that, yep. that, that you're, yes. uh, that, that you're coaching and you're talking to. And these are people that make over a million dollars a year, W2, not, not gross, but, but, but you know, money's in the bank. Yes, And uh, you were talking about people that are on the Scotsman guide. And that's a place I really want to go with coaching is, you know, what are these people like? Um, are they nuts type people? Are they, you know, what, what are, what are the two comma club people like in general, if you were to just name a couple of traits? Man, that is a great question because honestly, yeah, are there a few that are like, you know, total full-blown type A entrepreneurs like Elon Musk type. Yeah, absolutely. There's a few, but for the most part, especially with our crowd, the people we attract, the people that we're seeing just doing incredibly well, um, you'd meet these people and you would never even believe it sometimes because they're ordinary people. Carl tells me this about himself all the time because he goes, Mike, ordinary people like me and you can do extraordinary things when you follow the right strategies, when you utilize the right team, when you implement the right systems. And this is a game of systems and processes because in Jimmy, this is, this is the correlation between all of them. In this industry, you can have a job or you can have a business. They both pay really well. Trust me. Mm-hmm. The business comes with a lot of freedom, happiness, and scalability that allows us to get more done. I know that's the name of your podcast, right? Get right. it done. Get it done. You know the thing? They get it done because they build teams. They'll mm-hmm. hire one employee for every six, eight units a month that they do, a salaried employee that allows them to bring in the next 10 loans. I had uh, uh, I was hanging out with, with Tammy Saul the other day. She funded 88 units in January, Jimmy, personal production. No other LOs counted. She's 12 people on her payroll that she ran me by the whole team. How do we get more done as top producers? We delegate tasks. We give other people opportunities. We focus on what we're best at, what we like to do, and what makes us the most money. We delegate the $20 activity so we can do the $2,000 hour activity. And at the end of the day, what are these people like? Going back to your question, they're normal people, man. These are fun, love, and freedom, chasing, family-oriented. Jimmy, they're people just like you. They're people like Carl. They're people like my mama, who's a phenomenal friend of mine. Mom, I love you to death, but we're just normal people, all right? And people do extraordinary things with systems and processes, man. It's really true. And that's just something that a lot, I think a lot of people really need to hear is that, look, these are just normal people that are actually just, they're, 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 they're doing the work. They're putting in the effort. And whereas other people are like, well, how do I do it? What do I, you know, they're just doing it. They're just doing it and figuring it out. Um, so, okay. That's, I, I really love that. And um, we want to keep this to around 30 minutes as well. Uh, I know Carl's big on that uh, on his podcast. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. I want to talk about your morning routine uh, to shift mm-hmm. gears. Yeah, you're you're a 99 D type guy and you're not very organized. I'm the same way. I Mm -hmm. absolutely the same way. It's difficult for me to commit and be consistent. And I bet you it's difficult for a lot of people. 
what is your morning routine like and what are the daily disciplines that you you exercise? Right. So there's a great point, Jimmy, great point, because there's two things that this is going to bubble down to that will really help everybody uh, with a high D or anybody, really anybody in this business right. just to stay consistent. Right. Whether we're organized or not, um, it's going to come down to and we'll go over the routine, but time management and then delegation. Right. We've got to count on people to do things we can't count on ourselves to do. Maybe that's a different take than the like the hustlers and the grinders and the 10xers and maybe get it done. Right. But how we get more done is we delegate things that we're not doing. It never ceases to blow my mind and Carl's how. People are so reluctant to delegate a task they're not already doing. For example, you know how many real estate agents and lenders aren't calling their past client database and are reluctant to just outsource it to Jimmy or Jane on their team instead? So um, on one hand, there are certain things that when we want to focus on things that we like to do, that we're good at, that make us money. We want to be disciplined and structured and routine. But quite frankly, there may be when we achieve a certain level of, of success and volume in our sales, it's a better at some points to delegate those tasks. Now, what those morning routines look like, I'll tell you very point blank. The difference between a top producer and somebody average or the mediocre is how proactive are you? All right. People often ask me, hey, how many extra hours do I need for these strategies or for your program? I'm like negative 10 hours. If you work smarter, not harder, you can work less and make more. This doesn't cost us more time. It saves us time by having an awesome routine. And, and Jimmy, that's an awesome question. So what our mornings look like? This is going to sound very backwards. It's going to sound very weird. Might be very unconventional. OK, what we do to be proactive rather than reactive is that we're, we take action. We build our business. We focus on getting the next 10 sales from nine to 11. And what that would look like could be different from lender to lender, agent to agent. So for example, maybe in the mornings, I'm calling real estate agents to land one-on-one -on -one meetings. The next day in the morning, I'm calling current contracts, current people that I'm working with today, purchase refis to update them and ask who else they know that I can help. That's how most people in the double comma club get most of their deals now, Jimmy. It's from their current uh, clients, wow. right? So wow. for example, like what's your average loan size, Jimmy? Out where you're at. Actually, I just, uh, just did an analysis, 264,000. Okay, so two hundred sixty-four thousand. If I move to Jimmy Ryan's area and he's helping me get a two hundred sixty-four thousand dollar loan, don't you think I may be motivated to give Jimmy a referral now, scratch his back now, then rather than later after we close? I mean, if we're working together, if you're helping me out, this is where we get most of our deals from. It's not actually at the closing table or after; it's actually during the actual uh transaction that's how most people in the double comma club get most of their business that's fascinating to me uh, uh current client referrals ccr is, is is what we abbreviate them as and look to a uh, junior loan officer somebody just starting out for me i bet you it was 10 years probably i went before i got a current client referral and you want to know why the why I didn't? It's because I didn't ask. And you didn't. Yeah, that's that's the only reason. Only re well, let's play this out, right? Let's say that you're a borrower, a listing agent, a title company, somebody on this transaction. I'm going to say to you, give you an update. Jimmy, we love working with you. Anything else we could do to help you out any more better? No, man, who else is as cool as you? We can help buy, sell, or refinance, or invest in real estate. It's as easy as that. When I bought my home here in St. Pete, literally, this true story, my buddy Rob, is looking for a home right now. My buddy Gabe did buy a home and my mom is selling her home and buying another one. Look, birds of a feather flock together. If Jimmy, if you're getting me a $264,000 loan in my pocket to buy the home I want, of course I'm going to help you now, buddy. I'm not going to wait till the end. All you got to do is ask. So that's a prospecting activity. I'm going to block out in the morning. Just like Wednesday, I call my past client database. This is like shooting fish in a barrel for a real estate agent, for a lender to reach out to... 
Vinny, Vinny called 20 clients the other day, speaks to 12 and got four new deals because he spoke to 12 people. That's a prospecting activity I'm going to do in the morning. Like Thursdays, maybe I'll call my pre-approvals. Those cats out there looking for a home, but they're not pre-approved yet. The whole point is we want to be whatever works for you guys. Maybe it's doing your podcast show like Jimmy. Maybe it's creating video content. Maybe it's out in the community. Maybe it's every time you golf, you just happen to walk away with three deals. Maybe it's going down to the bingo, whatever it is for you, teaching a class, a CE certification. We focus on the money-making activities in the morning from nine to 11, from 11 to five, 11 to six. That's when we work on fulfillment, the meetings, the fires, the files, the questions, the emails, the social media, the family, the friends, the way I feel. That's called being reactive. These things are all important. They have to be done. They're necessary. But before they, I let them steal my attention, distract me. I have to respond. Again, I have to react. I'm going to be proactive. I'm going to make the 30 phone calls. I'm going to make the five videos. I'm going to ask those 10 people for referrals. I'm going to be proactive. So that's a little bit of what our routine looks like. We don't answer our email. We don't check our voicemail. We don't check social media. I know it sounds crazy until 11 o'clock after we've made our calls for the day. Otherwise, I promise you, Jimmy, me, you, Carl, doesn't matter who we're talking about, Joe Schmo, Kenny, we will not get to it. We will not get something will get in the way. Something will come up. A celebration, a surprise, a mistaken accident. Doesn't matter. We're proactive rather than reactive. And that is the difference between top producers is that they are taking action earlier in the morning. So I love your question about the routine. Brother, that's just gold. I mean, the daily discipline of doing that, it's easier said than done, of course, but it's one of those things that once you do it and you're done with it, the rest of the day is just easy. It's easy. Another thing you mentioned is that you called twenty. You called twenty clients, twelve answered. You get four deals out of it. But what's the what what, what what's your what's your dollar per hour there? Oh. One. But then, oh. but, but but also, this is fun work. We talk to people for a living. Like you're you're literally catching up with these people. Like oh my god, you have kids. Oh my god, this or that. You all of a sudden thirty minutes went by. I was like, hey, I, I, you know, we don't even have to do a mortgage loan. I just had a fun time. You know, just talking to you. Um, so right, man. You know so, what? Go, go ahead. I'm going to pull up a email really quick. If I can find, yeah, yeah. I'm going to, yeah, I can pull this up really quick. I got it right here, man. This just nails it on the head, man. Listen, listen to this email. Anthony wrote to me. All right. After he called just a handful of people, this is really relevant, not just for a lender, not just for an agent, for any business owner. Listen to this email. He sends me. Mike, I'm feeling really empowered with these conversations with my past database. I almost have to pinch myself because people have said the following in the last two days. My sister needs a loan. We'll be refining our investment due to upgrades. I have five container homes. We need to refi to free up cash. Or how do your jumbo products look, Anthony? We have buyers in the million dollar range we want to talk to you about. These are all potential opportunities I wouldn't have had if I didn't pick up the phone and put my black pants on. As Carl always says, hey, fear is peeing your pants. Courage is what you need to, uh, courage is doing what you need to do with wet pants on. That's why he's always wearing black pants. That's so funny. I, I really love that. What a great, I, I, my ears perked up when I said, Hey, do you know anybody that's doing jumbo loans? I mean, okay. Um, uh, maybe me. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that, that'd be great. I, I want to pivot. So sure. I, I want to talk about, well, here, hard skills and soft skills. Uh, if you're looking into the next, you know, five years, what would you say is a, a hard skill and one soft skill that you believe is going to be really in demand in, in the coming five years? Ooh, great question, Jimmy. Great question. Well, undeniably, you know, undeniably, I'd say 
going back to the offline, online, going back to the peanut butter and chocolate. On one hand, networking, right? Connections. I wholeheartedly from the everyday results I see in our own business and our many coaching clients, the business comes from connections, relationships, industry professionals, real estate agents, um, our current clients, our past clients, the sources I've mentioned today, even on social media, it comes from our friends and family. Often it is not from the leads. The consumer direct is a nice way to supplement our business, bring in a few extra deals a month. I know some cats that do it very successfully, but the top producers, the double comma club, the people that we're talking about, brother, they get it from agents and their database and the people in the community from their rep reputation. So on one hand, I'd say get out there more. There's nothing that's holding more agents and lenders back than just not shaking enough hands, kissing enough babies, building enough friendships and relationships with more business professionals in their area. Um, so that's one. I would say definitely over the next five years, that's not going to change. All right? right. So networking, connections, one-on-one -on -one meetings and building relationships will absolutely be instrumental and key far more than far more than actually like you should be an expert in your field it is a value we improve we learn more we get more knowledgeable but jamie i'm going to be bluntly honest with you man because i want to help you and and, and your and, and your guys man knowing how to do loans or knowing about real estate and selling these things are two different beasts they're not statistically correlated i just got off the phone earlier today i'm not gonna say his name but dude 25 years in the business 1995 calling us for help saying mike i can't close the loan every month not because he's not experienced, not because he's not an awesome guy. Quite frankly, he's not talking to enough people. So how many meetings did you go on last week? How many people did you call? How many times did you reach out? Very minimally. No wonder we're not closing loans. I have the best pizza in town. No one's going to come into the pizzeria if they don't know I exist. So offers minus no's equals money, guys. We have to build connections, relationships, network with people. There's nothing better than working with a referral that converts at a great rate. They have a great uh, transference of trust from that person that referred to us. Um, knowing how to do loans and selling loans are two different things, Jimmy. That's why I know some people that like I'm thinking of uh, Joni didn't even know how to process a loan. Met 36 agents, brought in 11 deals. Now, when she had them, her company had to figure them out. They had to train her and get her up to speed, right? Like she had to close the loans, but to bring in 11 loans, to get to have 11 agents trust her was not correlated with her actually knowing loans. So one, I would say networking, mm -hmm. right? It's really important to bring in business. The other, I would say, would be branding, all right? I don't want to say so much as lead traffic or lead generation. I'm not going to necessarily say that. But what I do think is very important over the next five years to the decade is exactly what Jimmy's doing here is building an awesome brand. All right. Whatever that looks like for you, you don't have to be on video like me and Jimmy. It could be a podcast. If you like to talk, it could be a blog. If you like to write, um, it could be posts on Facebook and Twitter. Um, you work with the type of content that works for you, but needless to say, content, a brand, a reputation, um, this is uh, the new word of mouth, right? So when Tracy tags Jimmy in a post, that is now the new word of mouth. And that is still how business works through networking, connections, or social media. I would say those two things are going to be the biggest over the next decade. It's going to be relationships and it's going to be branding yourself the way we talked about expert-based content. And I'm a real person too. And to quickly just expand on the branding piece, you know, what, let's just say that you are a listing agent. And let's just mm -hmm. say you have 30 offers on your house that you're, that you're trying to sell. And one of them has, for instance, let's just say Jimmy Ryan has pre-approved them. And let's just say you Google me. What are you going to find? And that's just the, that's the biggest thing. What a lot of times people don't look at is what is branding? That's branding. That's how, that's how you get the deal. And, and also yes. too, when we call, the, call people, they answer. 
I want to, I want to move yes. to even further down the road. Uh, yeah. What is, uh, what is a long-term marketing trend? Uh, you know, as it, I guess, what are you paying attention to over the next 10 years? And uh, more so, where do you think the market is going to be in the next 10 years? Just really for people that are either in mortgage loan officering, um, uh, financial planning, insurance, real estate. Mm -hmm. 10 years. 10 years. Yeah, you know, I, I, I really think it's going to bubble down to the same principles. I really, I really, I really do, you know, because it's a different model. When we talk about independent real estate agents, financial advisors, CPAs, um, like let, let's use accountants, for example, you have TurboTax, right? But you still want to talk, many people still want to talk to a professional, somebody they were referred to. Um, look, telehealth, no doubt, telehealth is about to boom, right? It already has doctors doing virtual visits like this. Needless to say, some things and some circumstances and some people, there's still a need to go to see the doctor, right? So I don't necessarily think, uh, Jimmy, in the next 10 years, um, this is going to change, right? So this is why branding is so important, guys, because it eliminates the cats that just have their license. It's going to show who is an expert, who is a professional, who has great reviews, who do people know, like, and trust. So thus, I can trust them too through association. Um, and then Still the fact of like my mom, my cousin, my agent, my, my, my family friend told me to use you, Mike. I don't think that's going to change. Um, when we look at TurboTax, we look at the Quicken Loans of the world. We look at the Zillows of the world. Of course, at, um, there, we have these technological beasts and they have their, their place, but it's a different model where you have people spending billions on advertising and marketing, call center type of environment. Stadiums, you know, really, all you know, that. Super Bowl advertisements, all that. Absolutely. Super Bowl. And look, I don't want to, I'm not saying anything bad. We actually have a lot of respect for a, a lot of these companies. Um, quick and long, they do a lot of great things for the industry and a lot of sponsorships and not saying anything. It's just a different model, right? So unless you're going to spend billions and have a whole call center set up, I don't think that this whole game is going to change to digital lead gen and et cetera. It will bubble down to your brand, your reputation, your relationships, your connections, your network. Um, and offers minus nose equals money. I think conversations will always always prevail. And I, I don't see that changing over the next 10 years. But I, I, I see branding becoming more and more important. Because picture this, Jimmy. Look, we're moving into an audio world, which is why um, right. podcast is so important. Because it saves time. I've been starting to audio message people instead of text them back because it's way faster. So when somebody goes, hey, I'm interested in a, in, in a home loan. Whose name is going to pop up? When I say, hey, I want six muffins for the office, whose name's going to pop up? Is it going to be Jimmy Ryan's? Is it going to be Martha's Bakery? Who's it going to be? So I think branding is going to play very, very, very importantly over the next decade, um, especially with um, audio. I, I really love that. Um, it, Steve Jacobson, uh, mm -hmm. CEO of Fairway, uh, who I interviewed, he actually, he said it like this, like, look, did we ever think, you know, you know, it, it would work. Everybody's doing things on, on, on this. Did we ever think, you know, Quicken Loans, for instance, they funded $90 billion last quarter, you know, did, does it work or doesn't it? In 2015 is when they started Rocket Mortgage and it, you can't, you can't deny it. It, this is what it is. And, um, and, that, and that's just, that's just a great thing. Okay. So that's a win. I want to, I want to pivot to, uh, can you tell us about something that maybe recently, maybe something big and epic that you have failed at and the lesson that it taught you. Yeah, absolutely. So something I failed at. Um, yeah, I could tell you, you know, um, look, it's not going to be too epic, this fail, but it was a big eye opener. And I think that it's very relevant for any, any salesman. Um, 
when you talk to such a high volume of people, or I showed Jimmy my calendar my other day, right? I have like, what, like 50 conversations set up. Like um, when you talk to so many people, it's incredibly important, which is something I'm normally very good at is taking notes, right? So when I talk about a big mistake, it's just something that irks me, right? It, it irks me. I don't know. Somebody else would be like, really, Mike? But I had a slew of, I think, working from home and from the office and vice versa with everything going on, something that's really thrown me off is not being in my routine, not being here at my desk, not being around the people I'm around. It throws me off of my game. And somewhere down that line, working from home, I did not do a great job for, let's say, two, three, four weeks of taking notes. Well, that puts me in a position now, right, just like as a lender talking to a ton of agents, talking to a ton of clients, following up with a ton of people. It put me in a weird position, Jimmy, where... You know, I'm trying to follow up with people and I don't even remember what we spoke about. I don't remember anything about them, man. Where you normally that's like my greatest asset where they're like, Mike, I can't believe that you you remember that I did blah, 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 blah. It's always because of my amazing note taking. So my biggest skill is also in this case, I would say my biggest epic mistake, man, because I burned a few bridges, few people that thought that we weren't interested in talking to them, a few people that I had just slipped through the cracks and missed the ball on the same things that we teach. Right. You know, um, I had dropped the ball on and I'll tell you how we how we made this because you know what, Jimmy, I'm telling you, man. I probably lost that on dozens of thousands of dollars this way, like dozens of thousands of dollars, if not more, um, through my poor note taking. Just something so simple and so easy and so basic probably lost me dozens of thousands of dollars. How we corrected that well, was not only, you know, me doing a better job of like, okay, I'm going to write these notes down. Like I got a ton of, ton of these notes here, but I passed them to my assistant, Meg. All right. My partner here in the office. Amazing. Everybody needs a Meg in their life. She puts it into the system. She puts it into the CRM. She sets up the follow-up call the day I wrote on the paper, called Jimmy back on Thursday. Cause you know what? Mike and Carl figured out that Mike can't do it. Cause he's talking to too many people. He's moving a million miles an hour. His head's all over the place. But Meg is a high C. Meg is super organized. Meg is super detail oriented. Meg is the one that goes, hey, did you call Jimmy back yet? Because you wrote this note and I'll say yes or no, I didn't. Right. So she's holding me accountable. I'm holding her accountable. So th this is something as simple as it sounds. It was a big mistake for me, man, because I, I don't really think I uh, I'm on it like white on rice, man. It's why I do what I do and why I'm able to help the way I help. It's why Carl has me here. And unfortunately, it's something that I missed the ball on that. You know what, Jimmy, now that I've corrected the mistake, now that we got this system between me and Meg, I'm confident that we're going to better help the next thousand people to a much right. higher degree. And, and we're going to help more families and make more money this way, um, which is a good, just something to piggyback off of. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to learn from your fellow. I hear this every day on the get it done podcast, right. Steve Jacobson and all the people, the awesome people that you've interviewed, you learn from your mistakes, you correct the field, uh, you correct the gap, the issue, just like Jack Roush. Carl tells me the story about Jack who, who creates the best engine in NASCAR, all right, famous for this. His historic stories that he would run a cinder block on the gas pedal, explode the engine to see what broke. He'd make a bigger, badder piston. So, uh, whatever it was, he'd fix it, run it again until it exploded. We do that with lenders. We'll tell them, hey, you're going on a cruise, all right, Jane? No Wi-Fi. You're going to have no access to your team. You're going on a cruise, and you're, we're going to see what goes wrong. Sometimes they're pleasantly surprised. Sometimes they figure out, what went wrong and what we need to do, but it's okay to make mistakes. Cause in this example with my note taking brother, this is going to accelerate our business fourfold now that we got this new thing. Absolutely. And I think that uh, your, your uh, comment about the uh, going on a cruise for seven days, I think that anybody like listening to that on a real estate or, or really any, any, any professional side gives them anxiety. Oh my God, I couldn't do that because I'll be just working the whole time and, yes. and see what breaks, fix it and, uh, and build a business, not a job. Um, all right. That's beautiful. I want to uh, 
I want to be super respectful of your time, Mike. And there's a few questions I ask everybody and, uh, and I want, I want to fire these away. So do you ever feel like you got a big break? Do I ever feel like I got a big break? Man, you know what, Jimmy, I've never, yes and no. I mean, yeah, you know, the biggest break in my life was just meeting Carl White. To be bluntly honest with you, man, this guy changed my life. And I know, you know, this is when I met Carl and I thanked him for the opportunity of working with him. He goes, Mike, you know, you have a good relationship when you both feel like you got the bigger end of the stick. And um, I, I believe that 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 saying's changed me a lot. And, um, you know, as fortunate as we are to have each other, meeting Carl White was my my big break, you know, meeting that person that can be your mentor, that person that can show you a bigger, better, more effective way to do things. And because of that, not only am I more financially successful, but I'm way happier than I was three years ago. I mean, I'm a different person and uh, I'm sure that we'll continue um, and we grow closer. So my big break was meeting Carl White, but at the same time, all of the work, the energy, the time, the efforts, the decisions that I made, I didn't just meet Carl White. It didn't just happen. I didn't bump into the dude at Publix, our grocery store here, right? I, uh, Man, it happened because of a, thousands of sales conversations, thousands of companies I helped, moving my way up, looking for more opportunity, and then I found Carl White. Uh, but that was my big break. So it's a little bit of yes and no. I think that the the decisions that Younger Mike made led him to Carl, but I think meeting Carl was my big break and changed my life and has uh, helped me do what I'm best at, what I like to do, and what makes me the most money, which is doing what we do over here. I love that you positioned yourself to, you know, you know, have the opportunity to, to, yes. to be there. Uh, yes, that's yeah. beautiful. Uh, if you were to do it all over again, Mike, mm -hmm. what would you change? Man, if I could do it all over again, I'll just be bluntly honest. This is me. This is a Mike Cardacia thing. It's a personal thing, opinion thing. We're all different as people. Um, Jimmy, I would have never gone to college. I would have been in sales uh, at, 18, 19. When I was 19 years old, I started a, an online business selling um, art and um, auctionable items, uh, jewelry, stuff like that online. I made $100,000 when I was 19 years old. Wow. And, um, that was a side Incredible. business. Thank you. I mean, dude, it was substantial. I mean, it definitely um, opened up my eyes to some of my talents. This is how I got into marketing, right? And um, <laughs> it was a side thing, man. I was going to school. I, I, I had no education at this point. I had no mentor. I had no idea. I was using Instagram and PayPal and events. And I literally made $100,000 from 19 to 20 years old, paid off my college and my expenses. And um, that was a part-time side gig, man. I, I, I hey, look, and I don't regret anything. I have no regrets in life. But if I could go back, me personally, Mike Cardacia, I would not have gone to college. And I would have gone full-blown into sales and business. And quite frankly, I would have started selling real estate and been a lender um, at 18 years old. And, uh, you know, fortunately, I came across this in my mid 20s. And, you know, we're rocking and rolling. But if I could go back um, to me, that was the wrong just now for my younger sister, who's in dental school in Gainesville at UF. That's the perfect path for her. For my brother who loves agriculture, he's probably going to run a bunch of farms one day, right? He's so passionate about that. Right. right decision for him. For Mike, it was the wrong idea, being more self-aware, um, being an entrepreneur, a salesman. Uh, my parents can both agree and, and the friends and the people that were worried about me maybe at some point in life all, all agree, you know what, um, um, sales and entrepreneurship in school did, just didn't click for me. And uh, I should have been full-time in sales at a younger age. Yeah. And sales is not something that you go to college for either. And it's not something, it's also something that you tend to fall into. Uh, you tend to meet the right person and all of a sudden you put your, you know, your, your, your resume out there. All of a sudden you're selling mortgages, you're selling cars, you're selling windows, you're selling <laughs> right, right. whatever it is. Um, that's fire advice. Um, next question. Was there ever a time you felt like giving up? Oh yeah, man. Yeah. No, this is a great, um, yeah. 
Yeah. So I'll, you know, I'll keep a long story short, you know, but absolutely. So my transition into sales, just piggybacking off of this, wasn't so clean. Um, I was at a point in my life where, all right, just to be frank with you, man, um, you know, the business, yeah, because I had no experience, no mentor, no education. I wasn't, and I, I didn't know how to run a business, you know, and uh, that, that thing quickly tanked and I went to somewhat of debt and all, I'm in school, I got student loans. I, you know, it was, it was a tough time for me uh, financially being, uh, becoming an adult and all of this at once, man, it was, it was, it was, it was certainly a lot. And I made the decision after seeing a good friend of mine going to sales and doing well, I decided, you know what, I, I let me do that. I'm going to take a semester off. Let me get into sales, get my money right. And I'll, I'll, I'll get back to it. And it was a very tough decision. I mean, very, very, I can't even tell you the conversations I had to have with some people in my family, my mom and grandma specifically, it was a uh, very, very, very tough where, um, um, I just have always stuck to my gut, Jimmy. I've always done what I thought was best for me. I, I, I take other people's that care about me into consideration. I take their opinions into consideration, their suggestions. I've always stuck to my gut and done what I felt like was best for me. I made the decision to, to, to drop out of college and uh, go full-time into sales. My first sales job, knocking on doors, selling T-Mobile cell phones to business owners and uh, knock on 100 doors a day trying to sell phones. And I, I, did, I did that well until I got burnt out and sick and tired. It wasn't something I enjoyed to do, even though I was doing all right at it. Um, found a next company, five, literally 500 cold calls a day, selling a product for engineers all across the country, 500 wow. cold calls a day. That, that didn't work out either. Now I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe sales isn't for me. Maybe I should go back to school. Maybe I messed up. You know, maybe everybody was right. And I thought at that point I should give up. And thank, thank God, man. My, my best friend Gabe said, hey, man, I'm working for this awesome company, Postcard Mania, out in uh, Clearwater. They, they, we do like, you know, 50, 100 million in revenue a year. We do a ton of sales for marketing. We do SEO and Google and uh, Facebook and postcards and everything. Man, I think you'll be really good at this. Just just promise me you're not going to mess this up, man. If I get you in, you know, I can't promise you, but uh, just just promise me you'll make a good impression. Jamie, I went there and that place rocked and rolled and changed my life. It was a better experience. And I had four years of going to college. I was, I was, I was working with some really big companies. I learned hands-on how marketing really, really worked. Not like what they teach you in school. Um, quickly became one of the top uh, sales reps and, and consultants there, uh, which was an amazing experience, um, which all led later down the line with me working with a lot of real estate investors and agents and mortgage brokers. L later down the line led me to the opportunity I have today of working with Carl White and our, our amazing organization here. But you better believe during these times, man, I absolutely, I, I'm a failed, I felt like a failed entrepreneur in my art business. I dropped out of college to sell cell phones and that didn't work out. Next, you know, I'm calling 500 people a day, selling a couple products, but man, it sucks. And you know what? Maybe this isn't for me to, well, here we are just fast forward a few years and the journey has been incredible. So absolutely. There's been many times I thought about giving up and just going back to school and getting a job. And i um, so happy that I stuck to my guts and I went through those tough times because uh, man, I could have never imagined what was to come. I can't imagine making, well, here you're knocking on doors. Like literally people are yeah. get out of my place. And like, yeah. and then there's 500 cold calls a day, like a day. they hang up on you or whatever it is. Day, I would yeah. argue that that was the best school to start your, your next job. And like that, that's just the thing too. A lot of people are in types of jobs like that, where they just absolutely hate it. And, and it's terrible. But like what, the, what I think the beauty of it is that you, you use it as a stepping stone to get to the next one. And I don't think you gave up or maybe you were thinking about giving up. You, you just, you got new information, you know, yes. and, and, and you had to go a different way. 
uh, th that's just beautiful. And uh, to set up uh, the last question, I, you know, th th there is someone out there that, you know, Mike is, you know, knocking on doors, they're making those 500 phone calls. Uh, you know, maybe they're, you know, doing something that they don't want to do, living a life they don't want to live. Maybe they're a loan officer and they're working 80 hours a week. They're not, they're scared to build the team, uh, whatever it is. What advice would you give to someone looking to get it done? To get it done, right? Well, to get it done, we have to be very self-aware of what the problem is of why we're not getting it done. Cause there's two problems. There's two issues here, right? So I'm going to talk to two different people. Cause there's, there's two reasons why entrepreneurs, lenders, agents, salespeople can't get it done. Two specific reasons I hear every single day. All right. One reason, one reason is because we have, I've heard this from Carl time and time again, we don't put ourselves out there enough. We don't make the cold calls. We don't shake enough hands. We don't brand ourselves enough. We don't make the video. We delete it because it didn't get as many likes as the last. We're reluctant to make the video or the podcast because we are we don't feel worthy enough yet. We don't feel ready. We don't feel valuable enough. Maybe I don't know enough about loans or real estate. I had that earlier today from a guy I was just chatting with. Um, we don't feel worthy yet. We don't feel ready. And that is one reason, right? We don't get it done quite simply because we're not being proactive because the things that we're confident in, that we believe in, that we're driven about, you know what? We're going to make it happen. We're going to get it done. We like this. Enjoy it. But when it's scary, so we're too scared of other people's opinions, of other people's judgment, of what other people are going to think about me that gets some reluctant chimmy to actually get it done. Too many awesome people, just like you, just like Carl, just like my mom, awesome people that are reluctant to get started because they're worried about what their voice sounds like or what they look like or what that person's going to think if they're not interested in meeting with them. One reason they can't get it done is because they're worried about what other people think. And you're right, Jamie, it gave me chills when you were, when you were just saying that a second ago, because me knocking on those doors and making those 500 calls, it, it made me, man, just rejection proof, man, because I think so highly of myself and of my team and of what I do and of my intentions. I no longer, because I, I only sell things that I'm confident in that I would sell to my mom which I have, right? I only sell things that I believe in. And you know what? If you don't want to work with me, quite frankly, I feel bad for you. I don't feel the other way around. It's not, it doesn't hurt my feelings. It doesn't hurt my ego. I feel bad for them. You know why? Because they missed out on the chance to work with Mike, Jimmy, Joni, Carl White. I know these people are awesome. I know that we're going to kick butt. I know we're going to be on it like white on rice. If that's not you, good luck. Godspeed. I'm, a, I'm finito. I'm calling the next 500 people and finding the, 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 the next 20, 30, 40, 50 that want to meet with me because I believe in our mission and in myself and in my confidence. I believe I am worthy enough and I am ready and that I am going to help people. And that's one reason. So if somebody's not busy enough, Jimmy, if they're not busy enough and they're not getting it done, it's because they don't feel like they're worthy. All right. Two is that they're too busy. So they can't get it done. How do you get it done, Jimmy? How do you get it done when you're doing 15 units a month and you've got no loan partner? You've got no help. You're going to, only one way that's working more hours, period, end of story, or hire a team. Yes. And let's, let's throw that out there. Let's, let's, let's run that example. All right. Let's run the first one. So many hours in the day. You're correct. There's only 24 though. It's not scalable. You can't go past the 24. And what about that awesome family? And what about the things you love to do? And what about your hobbies and your interests and your vacations and your free time? That's being a slave to a job. 
not growing a business, not, 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 not being an entrepreneur, not creating more opportunity, not helping more families, not creating a well-oiled machine, right? So there's only so, so one way is you could work more hours, but there's only so many more hours. It's a defective strategy in the sense that it's not scalable. You'll kill yourself too. Kill yourself, man. I've seen bad things happen to good people, man. I'm, well, I'm talking I mean, like, I mean, not to go straight to kill yourself. I guess that's super real. And but I do actually here. I I know people that have literally. It's not even kill yourself. It like like in the actual sense, but they have a heart attack and they die because they're just so stressed out. They never take care of themselves. And and the thing, I wrote down some notes. Like, look, you want to write. You want to be driving your Jeep Wrangler around with this with the roof and doors off. You know, you want, you want to be walking on the beach and you know, with your family, you want to be, you know, building a sandcastle, but yes. instead you're, you're working like legitimately every single day, all day. And you don't take time for yourself. And like, and, and, and honestly, it's hard for people like me and me and you to do that because we're just so driven. We like, yeah. I'm going to make that next phone call. Yep. Uh, one, one quick follow-up on reluctance. So yeah. How does making 500 phone calls a day teach you about reluctance? Oh man, it changed my life more than I ever realized. And that's why it gave me chills when you were talking about it. Cause I didn't realize this till later on. Cause it was just one of my first sales jobs. I thought that was normal. So imagine that, right? You just go into the sales industry and you're knocking on doors and you're calling. I thought this was normal stuff. So when I met postcard mania, they were like, you did what? What if, so if we got you 10 calls on your plate, man, I can't even imagine what you do when you call 500 people and you get 10. So it changed my life, Jimmy, where, I could honestly say, not to say I'm not superhuman. Look, I'm not an alien. Do I still have um, reluctancy myself at certain times? Sure. But at the end of the day, I've become so immune. How it's helped me in my life is that um, it's created this confidence that somebody can tell me no to my face. I'm not interested. And it doesn't emotionally affect me from calling the next person because I help people, Jimmy. I get overwhelmingly positive feedback. I create great friends and relationships like with people like you and having Janet or Jim tell me, Mike, I'm all good. Doesn't hurt me enough to call the next 500 people to find my next Jimmy Ryan. Right. And that's what create, uh, doing 500 calls a day helped me do, man, because there's too many people that are scared to make five phone calls. I think it's too, brother. You're sensitive to the feeling of call reluctance. Yeah. You're sensitive to the feeling like, hey, I'm doing everything but making up the phone. I'm picking up the phone right now. You know, the only solution to call reluctance is pick up the phone, dialing the numbers. That's I just it. love it. Brother, listen, we have failed at making this a half hour. I just wanted to <laughs> call that out. So if you want to talk about failure, um, but the thing is, is that I, do you use Carl White's words? I've actually I've copied him a lot with this. This you, you probably found this to be nothing short of amazing. And uh and that, and that's just the truth. A lot of value here. So, uh, you know, I really want to thank you, Mike, for for joining us. Really want to thank all the listeners too. And uh, you know, if somebody would, would be looking to connect, I know we didn't talk about this. I want to actually let, let's talk about it right now. Is uh, how would you want uh, people to reach out to you? Yeah, thank you, Jimmy. I super appreciate that. Well, you guys can always look me up. My name is Mike Cardacia, as you see here. You look me up on Facebook and Instagram, but check us out. If you want to chat, I'd be more than happy to chat with any of your viewers, totally for free, Jimmy, just for being a friend of yours. Why don't you go to check us out at the Mortgage Marketing Animals, Mortgage Marketing Animals, I work here with Carl White, and um, you can go directly to www.loanofficerstrategycall.com. That's loanofficerstrategycall.com. Sets us up on a free uh, 45-hour long talk, something like that, where we're going to dive into your personal situation and we can go from there. But that would be the best way. Look me up online or, or check out our website. Look, I know top producers that have, uh, you know, have other coaches that have done that call and have taken just nothing but pure value from it. Uh, I can't, uh, 
I can't endorse it enough. I think that that's uh, that's a great thing. And look, we'll put that in the in the podcast notes. Uh, all right, uh, this has been the Get It Done podcast. Uh, and if you like what you've heard today and you want to support the show, tell a friend. Uh, write us a five star review. Hit that subscribe button. All those things make a huge difference in helping us reach more people. Once again, I'm Jimmy Ryan. This has been the Get It Done podcast. Many more stories on the way.